0: Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of what is our Let's Talk Arsenal series. Our show in which we chat to the wonderful world of Arsenal supporters and experts to get an insight into their thoughts and feelings about a, ri- a range, a variety, I suppose, of topics. Uh, I'm very happy to be joined this morning uh, by the 12th Man podcast and AFTV's Dan Potts. How you doing, mate? You good, you well?
2: Yeah, man. Thank you for having me on, bro. Sorry, that was my fault, people, for being a bit late. Um for some reason, it wouldn't let me go on my my Twitter to get the link. So um, apologies, man. But good to good. be on and see everybody, man.
0: It's nice. all good. It's always good to have a chat. Um, Myself and Dan are, I mean, uh, to be fair, I've had a fair few guests on recently. And the, the the common threads of of criticism, and there's not been much, to be honest, at all. But the only criticism that it's been is that maybe the guests have been a little bit uh, very much on the same line of thinking as me. So I was thinking, <laughs> oh, who could I get? Uh, <laughs> ah. to come on the show and uh Dan obviously uh me and me and Dan go back uh quite way in terms of years now of doing shows together and and debating points so uh yeah it's always a pleasure to chat with you my friend and uh, I'm looking mm. forward to this one yeah um, I am I jumped onto your show uh I think it was was it on Monday? Yeah,
2: was it, uh, was it either last week or earlier this week? I can't remember, man. The, yeah, we jumped the on. Flying,
0: but. Yeah, yeah, we jumped on with the lad from City Extras. Is it LB, MB? Um, yeah, Lewis LB, yeah. LB, yeah. And uh, we had a good chat basically, I think it was hours before David Ornstein announced that Arsenal mm. had made that £105 million bid uh, for yeah. Declan Rice. And you know, we talked about a number of things in that and Rice looks to be now, you know, with that deal being agreed, one that will indeed happen. um Uri and Timber looks like it's, it's going to happen as well. And Kai Havertz, of course, has already been signed too. And the man, obviously, in you know, a lot of the focus and kind of the poster boy for Arsenal's transfers is Edu Gaspar. And whilst talking about so many of the different transfer targets across the last few weeks or so, I've not done much dedicated specifically to him. Um And so I thought today... We would kind of talk about the Edu debate, where his kind of profile is at, the perspective of him, uh, the perception by plenty of fans of him as well. And and maybe even some people jumped the gun this summer uh, and maybe some people are still waiting to see if more happens or maybe he's changing the minds of people. So I suppose to kick us off, Dan, maybe give us an insight and kind of not only where your head's at on Edu at this very moment, assuming, let's say, Timber and, and Rice are incoming, but if it's changed at all, your perception of Edu in, say, the past month or two as the windows progressed?
2: I think with any professional, whether it's a player, manager, board member, owner, there comes pressure. And it's because it's at elite sport, on. And with elite mm. sport comes huge, huge pressure for a number of reasons. And I think that Arteta has had his kind of fair share of that in terms of trying to get us across the line. I think that the ownership have been at question for the last 10, 15 years to question their ambition. The reason Edu had to get this rice deal over the line is because he literally couldn't afford not to. And there's a lot of people that have had a lot of misunderstanding or confusion about where the blame lies. Is it the Cronkies for not stumping up cash? Is it Arteta because he doesn't have the experience or the pull or whatever you want to call it? Or is it actually mm. Edu because they can't have that negotiation? I think a lot of people were pointing fingers towards him because the past of Caicedo and Mudrik and Vlahovic and all of the other names that people throw at you all point towards Edu. And I think now what you have to look at is that he's actually not just bought over the line rice, which was his plan A, finally. He's brought in two other players that spending over 200 million. And I think we all need to start realising now that perhaps it is everybody on the same wavelength now. And I'm not so sure we've always had that when the Cronkies weren't really total ownership, when Edu was kind of working alongside different people, when Kia Jurapskine was still around, when Raul and Lee, he was still here. I think now there seems to be more transparency and understanding around who's involved. And it looks like it's everybody. Because from what we hear, Josh Kroenke was massively involved. because Arteta wanted him as number one. And Edu worked alongside both of them to get this deal done. That's really refreshing for me to hear. Now, I don't know the ins and outs of how true that is, Tom. We can mm. only go by what we hear, can't we, and what we listen to. But actually, if that is the case, then finally, I think everybody's in the same page here. And I think Edu, if I'm honest, has got things wrong. But he's also got things right, and I think sometimes it's a bit like. Listen, you're an ex teacher, right? One of your pupils does five sums correct and gets ones mm. wrong. You look at the one he got wrong first. You don't look at the four that he got right. <laughs> so I think sometimes is that, right, that you awesome. know, it's,
0: it's, No, it's, it's, it's not it's, right. Tom, but I like, use that. You know, yeah, I, I think I know why right, you're raising the point. I've used that analogy before. I've you know I've, I've seen it in practice. I think. Um, it's a very human ideology to obviously focus on the mistakes over the the successes, and I think yeah. you know there's a lot of people that um, still do that. You know, I, I see people miraculously, I have to say, at this point, bringing up Willian. You know, <laughs> in mm. twenty twenty three, I still see mm. it being brought up, and I'm thinking, you know, that period when Arteta took over in December of twenty nineteen and the summer of twenty twenty when. We signed um, from that January through to the summer, the Cedrics, the Maries, the Williads, you know, which also was interspliced with deals for Thomas Partey and Gabriel, who have both gone on to be key members of the squad, it's fair to point out. And certainly the big investment of the window was those two players opposed to the other one. And I think that when you consider how we've grown as a club, how they've improved as a unit in recruitment specifically. You know, we can talk about the outgoings, which is a separate thing. I certainly think something that needs to improve still. The the recruitment which is kind of like, you know, you think about it, Edu is the face of that because he's the sporting director, previously the technical director. But that team is is massive because you've got uh, Richard Garlic involved in it as well. Obviously, you've got the owners that sign off on everything. Mm. You've got the manager that's involved in everything, the scouts, the analysts, the, the people that are looking at all of the data. So it's a huge kind of uh, kind of practice. And yet Edu is kind of front and centre and always kind of the key focus. Do you think there are any misconceptions about his role do you think people think he's one thing and he's in reality another thing because i think maybe do think that he does more than than he's actually responsible for if you know what i mean i
2: I don't think anybody knows today they They just judge by their opinion on (laughs) they they have no there's nobody i know that has any understanding of what edu does from day one right the way through to day 31 of a transfer window right of that month i have no idea but i think what people go by is when we're being told we've missed out on our plan A targets because of X, Y, Z. And I think a lot of people have said, why could we not negotiate this better? And I think mm. sometimes there's rumours now of Chaka and Party going for very minimal fees. Whose who's involvement is that? Whose role is that? Is that Edu? Is that negotiation? So there's still a little bit up in the air about uh, those kind of individual tasks. But, you know, a lot of people in the chat are saying, is Dan going to apologise? I'm not quite sure what I'm supposed to be apologising about. Um, (laughs) You never said that you wanted him Um, sacked. I've never never really questioned Edu. I've questioned the process and Mikel Arteta's uh, on the pitch. Um, I've questioned Mikel Arteta on the pitch. The -the off-the-pitch stuff, I've given Mikel Arteta and Edu quite a lot of praise. I haven't given Mikel Arteta much praise on the pitch up until, of course, this season just passed. Um, And I still think there's a lot that he has to do this season and the pressure's massively on. I'm not going to apologise because we finally signed one player in Kai Havertz. You know, we've got to sign a lot more than that. Now, Rice is going to come through the door. Timbar, we hope, is going to come through the door as well. That's halfway there, man. We've got to keep going. Now, if it stops there, I'm not going to start saying, wow, Edu, praise the Lord. I think everybody wants me to do that. Um, That's not going to happen. Um, You know, if Mikel Arteta would have won us the league, Edu gets the players in that wins us the league and Stan Kroenke puts up the money to win us the league. Trust mm. me, I can eat as much humble pie and say sorry as many times as people want to make it make it sound th- themselves happy by that. We haven't done anything near that yet, Tom. You know, we, we've not won a trophy again. Um, We finally got into the top four after four times of asking. There's still a lot way to go, man. This is it's not the it's not like, you know, the process has worked for me. Mm. The pro we're here now, the process is there's no more five more years. This is this is about doing something now. So we have to set up, in our opinion, this transfer window so that we go. Boom, boom, boom. There's our trophies. We've competed a title. We've completed mm. a Champions League. We've got that for us to go, bang, process is done. Um, so I think we're still all far off from that, in my opinion, um, in terms of the the, uh, the the people saying we were all wrong and all that kind of stuff. Um, I hope that he does prove me wrong. And I hope that Mikel Arteta wins a title. I hope that Edu and Cronky can sit there and say, look, I've delivered you a Champions League and a Premier League title. This is what I said I was going to do in five years. Then. You'll get all of the potential doubters of the past saying, "Wow, we were wrong. Zip it. Let's mm-hmm. let's enjoy our win because this is what we all want." But at the moment, it's a really, really good start, man. Really, really good start in terms of our transfer window for sure.
0: Yeah, it's, it's it's a fantastic start. I think you know this. Why I why I get you on the show, Dan, is a lot is because I actually think a lot of what a lot of like kind of your views and opinions are so misunderstood by a lot of people. Like when you say like things like you just mentioned there about. We've still got to kind of win stuff. We've still got to progress. You know, we've still only started the window. People immediately take that, and I see it already in the chat box. Is like people saying that that's moaning, and like for me, I don't think you're moaning at all. I'm <laughs> I quite just happy. Think you're, but, you Yeah, know, fair enough. I just think you've got the. I think you've got me. And, I think me and you have the same exact aim for our club, which is for next season us to to progress and to aim to Absolutely. win a title, aim to win trophies. We might put it across using different words at times, but the, the, the bottom line is both myself and you have this idea, or you and I are rather, grammatically correct, um, have kind of this idea and aim towards winning a, a trophy. I What I think maybe I put the, in the headline in terms of time for apologies is that I saw a lot of hyperbole and exaggeration at the beginning of the window. Like we were a week in. And I remember when Man City came in for Declan Rice and that bid was made of £90 million. Immediately, kind of, there was this meltdown on social media, especially also when Chelsea began to progress with the Moises Caicedo deal, which, by the way, Arsenal never moved for this window. You know, there's always been interest, but Arsenal, this window, I've never moved for him. Declan Rice was always the priority. And, like, I would see kind of comment sections filled with, edu out or like we need to get rid of this guy and i think that's who i think that the words of time for apologies Mm. is aimed towards not the people that are still needing to be convinced because i think that there is still Mm. stuff to be achieved for that to happen but for those people that said he should have been got rid of i think what we've seen so far and assuming that rice and, and timber come in is that that position was a bit premature would you say
2: yeah, absolutely. And there's been a lot of uh, flip-flopping within the fan base, to be fair. Um, and, and what I mean by that, people say that sometimes you can flip-flop between kind of a season by season. I've seen a lot of flip-flopping game by game, <laughs> mm. if I'm honest, um, which I understand frustrates a lot of the fan base. Um, I think with me, I've been quite clear, really. Um, I wasn't really a fan. I didn't really see it working. I'm starting to realise that perhaps slowly we're getting there. And I still need convincing that we can get over the line. That's kind of where I'm at, if I'm honest. I don't want people on the chopping board. I don't want people sacked. Um, However, that can also change. Because if the Cronkies don't start putting the money in and Edu doesn't start getting the players and Arteta starts losing games, then that can easily change again. And I think everybody would agree with that. But what we all want is the same thing, man. And this is what I never really Mm -hmm. understand with Arsenal fans. It's not really about... um, uh, being for me, a fan is demanding the best and wanting to see your club compete with the very best. Some people don't really see that as a fan, they just think, Ah, fourth, that's all right. I'm all right with that. And that's absolutely calm by me. If you want to you I can't tell people how to support their football club, but at the same time, people can't tell me that I'm moaning because we don't win. <laughs> because I want to win. Is that not the aim? I, I, I turn up every single week hoping that Arsenal win or am I just actually enjoying it and have a bit of a pizza and a laugh with me mates? So because I can do that at the weekend, Do you know what I mean, or a Friday mm. night. So for me, it's about winning and it's about being the best we can be. And I grew up in that era. If I would have grown up as a maybe a, if I was maybe 14 years old now, I wouldn't know what winning was at Arsenal. So, maybe I might have had a different opinion and think, God, I wish we could win, but it's just not realistic. We're not that team. We don't win things. It's really good that we've managed to get back in the Champions League. I didn't grow up in that era, Tom. I was devastated when we come second in 2003, walking out of Highbury. <laughs> now, second this season, people are celebrating it. Nah, I can't celebrate second because I celebrate first and I celebrate winning. So, I can appreciate progress. I can appreciate a process because mm. I'm not naive enough to think that Arsenal don't just win like that. But at the same time, I'm not going to start apologising when we haven't actually won anything yet and we're still trophyless. So that's the way I see it, man. I just demand the best at the club and and that's what I want, man. I, want, I look at Man City, it's treble this season. I want that to be us bad. I don't know about everyone else. <laughs> Maybe they're happy, you know, with, it, with us seeing this process. But I would say personally that we want to be that club, don't we? We want to be winning, a winning club. So I believe at the moment we're getting closer and closer to that. And it's been a very, very good start at this transfer window, man.
0: Hmm, It has been a very good start. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting the club to win. I don't think there's anything wrong with um, being, what's the right word? Demanding success is an interesting kind of terminology to use because I think it's about how you go about saying you demand success. I think Arsenal are of a size, of a stature that, you know, we should be winning trophies. But I'm always keen to apply the context of the environment of which Arsenal exist in, which is that every single Season at the moment, Arsenal go into every competition not as favourites. You know, Man City are favourites for every single competition that Arsenal will be in next season. Um, And so if Arsenal don't win those competitions and Man City are the team that win those competitions, I look at that and I go, can I be... (laughs) And say like in the league, for instance, we came second. In the FA Cup, we were knocked out by Man City. Uh, The competition we didn't fight, Man City and obviously the Europa League, I think we can all agree we underperformed in that competition last season. And the League Cup, obviously, the League Cup's a bit of a weird one because I know it divides (laughs) fans, Um And some fans couldn't care less. Uh, some fans, you know, appreciate it as a trophy and would like to see it lifted. And other fans, I think, are a bit indifferent to the competition. So I'm not sure it's that ever a kind of a crux to a debate, the League Cup, to be honest. I think that's probably the best way to describe it as a competition. I don't think the League Cup's ever going to sway anyone which way or another, where perhaps an FA Cup can, certainly a Champions League can, and certainly a Premier League title can. So do you think that's fair to say that when, you go, when Arsenal go into next season for competitions like the Champions League and the Premier League, if it is Man City that you miss out to, Mm. you can kind of look at that and go, well, I can kind of understand why that's happened.
2: Yeah, and I said this to a friend of mine, actually, only yesterday or day before, Um, and he was talking about the expectations after a successful transfer window that we're all hoping that we have. And I said to him, yeah, listen, the expectations is to win something and to get into a... Oh, big up, Clive, by the way. Um, uh, and and to to look at a trophy and trying to get as close to Manchester City. And then the the reaction he had to me was exactly the same as yours. I said, OK, so what if we get to the final and we lose in the League Cup to Man City, get to the final and we lose to the FA Cup to Man City, we are losing the Champions League to Man City and we come second in the league. That's very hard and highly unlikely that, that would happen. If that is to happen, you've got to sit there and just sometimes say, wow, OK, we're trophyless again, but I mean, could we get much closer? The problem I have is if we start going out to teams like Nottingham Forest in the League Cup and we miss out on the third round to Sheffield Wednesday in the FA Cup and we drop down out the group stages of the Champions League, then we can start to say, hang on a minute, what's happening here? Mm. Until we do that, you know, we have to, for me, we're not kind of there yet. I think the expectation over four years, spending the amount of money that we have, having the backing that we have should be to win a trophy and win something with this team because this team deserves to win St. Tom. I don't care what anyone says. This is a fantastic team right now. Um, and get as close as we can to that title with Manchester City because they—they're not going to drop off. And a lot of people are thinking they're going to drop off. Everybody, Liverpool said that last season. Oh, they're missing out. They've—they've they've sold Sterling and they've sold Jesus and they've sold Inchenko. This is our year. Liverpool fans are rubbing their hands together. Um, they are going to do a treble. You know, I'm not going to sit there and yeah. say because they've <laughs> sold Gund- Gundogan and Bernardo Silva that they're not going to be the same city side. They're going to be the same city side and they're going to want to quadruple because they're going to want to do one better next season. That's what Pep does. He's a—he's a genius, right? So that's the way I see. It, man in terms of the expectations of Arsenal and we can start to talk about that at the end of the season say right where are we what have we actually looked at what progress have we seen have we got a trophy have we got closer than last season it's going to be hard man this is a tough tough league bro tough league
0: mm.
2: could I just quickly um, address something in the chat because I know I just yeah, want to understand me I mean- pick it. So this isn't me yeah, picking on, it, on anybody, but you want that, to uh, so I've got Raul, which was which was at nine nine eighteen. Um, I'll read it out for you because it'll save you trying to find it. But it says, "Dan, of course, every fan wants to win, but at the same time, if you've got to be sensible and realistic as well, if you're pessimistic all the time, choose a different team." Now, big up Raul, by the way, because you're not only the only person who comes up with this. I'm not picking on you, mate. I, I promise you, I'm not. Um, I get this quite a lot. <laughs> if I start to question. The club will say, I'm not really sure we're going in the right direction. Or we'll go and pick another team then. Go and support Tottenham. Why <laughs> why they don't win anything? <laughs> why am I going to go and speak to Tottenham? <laughs> well, why are they going to go and you know what I mean? That like, I'm annoyed because Arsenal. I mean, Arsenal won. didn't win
0: anything or, for a long time and Tottenham. yet you still remained a fan. So
2: this is what I mean. I I don't really get these type of comments. You know, it's like, you know, and there's a couple in there saying, Oh, he's not having a go at the fans. I'm not having to go at Arsenal fans. I said right at the start, you can support the club however you want, but don't come for me for supporting it differently to you. That's all I'll say. Because for me, mm. I'm trying to demand the best, which is winning. I want to see Arsenal winning. I want to see Arsenal doing that. And I'd like to think the majority in the chat want to see that as well. Now, I understand we've got to be realistic and we're not naive, naive enough to think that we should go and, um, you know, win everything every single year because otherwise I'd expect mm. us to do quadruples every year. I'm not that silly. I know that's not going to happen. But for me, it's about how do we try to get there? And at the moment, I'm starting to see that we're creeping up towards that way. So um, I'm hoping that we uh, that, that we keep going that
0: way, man. Clive says, chaps, the outside world are setting us up, raising expectation on us early so they can divide us, winning. It will happen if we stay together. And I think that this episode in particular actually highlights that togetherness because as I said at the start, I get Dan on the show because we have a lot of views that polarize, you know, in terms of where we are at on different things. Have me and Dan ever fallen out in the what, six <laughs> years and not we've much. known each other now, something no. like that? You know? Not once. You know, even no. though we have different views to each other. We haven't fallen out. And yet, because of Dan's point of view, I can see people in the chat box all the time going, Dan's a moaner picking on this point of view, picking on this, he needs to go support another club. You're fueling, I know that you guys don't agree with maybe some of the points of view that Dan has. And because you feel as though differently, and what you would probably define as, you know, better supporting, which I don't agree with, but I know some people see it that way. Is if you can't, you know, if you support the team, you shouldn't be criticizing it, X, Y, Z. And for me there the this level of kind of toxic positivity if you like is also divisive as much as people saying edu out and arteta out is divisive for Mm -hmm. me it's always going to be clear and simple that if you are putting a viewpoint across and you're being respectful about how you're putting that viewpoint across even if it's critical there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever Mm -hmm. you know so that that frustrates me sometimes um I had a uh, Dan, uh, James Bond says, Dan, I agree with you. Uh, Edu uh, has done nothing to be praised for. Josh had to step in and get the rice deal over the line. His own boss had to put him aside. Incompetent. Now, James says he agrees with you. Are these words that you've said?
2: Uh, so I have, I've never said that Edu has nothing to be praised for. And I'll, I'll pick up James as well. Cause I know James, James comes on my, on my channel in the chat quite a lot. Josh had to step in to get the rise to over the line. Again, I don't know if that's true. That's only what we hear. I believe Josh has stepped in to, to say that he's for it and support it if need be. Uh, his own boss had to put him aside incompetent. I think with me, I think he agrees with me because, um, I had concerns whether Edu could get this over the line previously. Mm. And that's why we're talking about now, he's finally got his plan A target over the line and deserves credit for that, 100%. But I've never said that he has nothing to be praised for. I think James is saying that he, he, he that's his opinion. Um, because I think Edu has got some wrong, trust me. Yeah, there we go, those are my words, Tom. So, I, I think personally, there's a lot of signings. Let's, let's be real, Tom. There's a lot of signings that ain't worth to ask under this regime, right? You mentioned William earlier, I don't really count that one, but that's one that you mm. can discuss if fans want to talk about it. But actually, like Pablo Marie, Cedric Runnison, Tavares, Laconga. You can't really sit there and say they've all been fantastic signings. What you can mm. do, however, is look at the first team signings right now. And apart from and Martinelli, that were obviously one being another signing uh, and one coming through Hellend, I think Jesus, I think Erdegaard, I think Partey, I think uh, Gabriel, I think Zinchenko, Ben White, Ramsdale and some of the others that are sitting on the bench actually have worked very well for us. The majority now are in the first team. So I think it's very harsh to say that what they have done has not worked at all and that they've got nothing to be praised for. However, I do feel that there's been some that just haven't worked out at a club. But maybe that's like every club, Tom. Do you know what I mean? Maybe that's every club.
0: I mean, if someone can point to me a club that has got every single signing they've made has been a hit, I'm all ears. But from Man City all the way down to the 20th place team in the league... Clubs are not going to have perfect records of all of their signings. It's just not going to happen, you know. This or there isn't ever a perfect run. So yeah, I look, I look at that, and I think when I see what Arsenal have invested, Fabio Vieira is kind of the outlier for me of the major investments that Arsenal have made in terms of hits and misses. If you look I at agree. all the the significant investments that we've made. The hits, you know, like I think Lukonga is, is borders maybe on that. He was around 15 million pounds. But if you go 20 million and above, right, and you look at those players, I think it's just Fabio Vieira. I'd say, you know, Tommy Asu, I'd, I'd like Tommy Asu a lot. I think he's added a lot. Yes, Same. injuries, you know, injuries have, have kind of uh, unfortunately restricted him. But I think what he's offered, you think back to that Liverpool home game and how good he was in that game to stop Nunez and Salah, you know, those games are key. And I think Arteta potentially saw him ahead of, even in in the pecking order and for good reason at times i think you go higher 25 million gabriel fantastic signing that we've made you know whilst they're doing arteta have been here yes and yeah he was there at the same time then you get into the I 30 think that's
2: probably one of the best signings arteta's made gabriel gabriel people, people brush over that one i, I think he's class man
0: mm, brilliant signing and we fought off interest from Napoli and man united to get that deal done Agreed. um Zinchenko, £30 million. Ramsdale, £30 million. Pounds. Udegaard, £32 million. Pounds. You know, brilliant pieces of business by really? Arsenal. Uh, you go up just a little bit higher than that and you start talking about uh, Thomas at £45 million. Pounds. Gabriel Jesus, £45 million. Pounds. Ben White, £50 million. Pounds. I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody. Um, but uh, those signings as well, really, really important signings. They've all been hits. So above £20 million, it's just Fabio Vieira. Sure, you can bring up names like Runison and Marie and Cedric and William. Sure. If you want to yep. talk about those as misses, fine. And I'll take that. I'll happily talk about the fact that they have been misses. But these are, you look at the investment we made in those compared to the players that we've got hits with. And it's just, a, it's night and day, Dan. It is
2: night and day. And if I'm honest with you, I look at how much money we have spent, Stan Cronky? before Arteta, we spent a lot of money. But look mm. at what we spent it on, like 72 million on Pepe, 34 million on Granit Xhaka, 35 million on Mustafi. We've spent a lot of money um, on players that, in my opinion, looked like they were going to be exciting players and then have just completely and utterly flopped. And I think that you can say little about the big signings that Mikel Arteta and Edu and co have made that have flopped. And I think there's there's doubt about me. I do have concerns about Fabio Vieira. I do, I do have concerns mm. about him. Mm. Um, but I honestly believe that uh, you're absolutely bang on with all of the other players. Like, you know, even Tommy Yasu, I didn't mention. I know he gets injured a lot, but he's a very good player. Like, I look at him yeah. and I really like him. I think defensively, one-on-one defending, aerial ability, strength, positioning. I think he's a really good talent, man. So, um, yeah, th- there's a lot of praise and a lot of positives that they deserve to be, man, for sure. And they deserve for
0: that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, by the way, for those if, if I don't pull up your comment, it's because I've got one thousand two hundred people watching, and <laughs> <laughs> we have to catch all of Good them. Luck, so I'm sorry, I can only apologise for that we are going to have q and A Q&A section in the last twenty minutes. So make sure if you've got questions, to throw them in when we prompt you to, and we'll try and tackle as many of those in a quick fire section. Um, I think what, for me, you know, what has to happen now is that if the Rice deal and the Timber deals happen, which I think I'm 90%, 99% confident both of them yeah, too, yeah, yeah. are coming through the doors. But until they're done, you know, the, the little hourglass is going to have to stick by their name until that point. Add those to Kai kind of Havertz. What are you kind of looking at Edu, the owners, the recruitment team, to do? And I think also that is privy to... Potential outgoings like Partey and Tierney as well, because if those two stay, there's Mm. less to do in terms of incomings. But if they go, there is more to do.
2: There is, man. And my biggest concern actually isn't about who um, else we're going to bring in, because I think we will be bringing in players. It's who's going to go, because I personally don't mind some of the names that are being mentioned as outgoings, I think they need to go. You know, we've mentioned some of them already that have potentially not worked at the club, and I think they will get moves. Lacongas, Tavares, Ruddison's, Cedric's, Pepe. Um, There's rumours that we're not going to get many offers for him. He might even have to cancel his deal. So um, there's definitely rumours about Eddie and Balogun and what we do there. For me, Chaka and Party were so vital and pivotal to our title challenge last season. But I will actually be really concerned if we lose both of them because I don't know that Rice and Havertz is an upgrade on Party and Chaka. Now, I won't know and I won't judge that yet because we haven't seen him in Arsenal shirts. They might be absolutely blitzing and think, whoa, Chaka and Party who? But I have my concerns and I do think that Granit Chaka, and this is coming from me, by the way, (laughs) who's not his biggest fan, I think unbelievably underrated about some of the performances he had last season in that position. And I do think that we're going to struggle to see a straight replacement like that for how good that he was. I think Thomas party people thought, dropped off at the end. I would agree. But he had, what, 30 to 32 games, which were just absolutely exceptional. And people Mm. were comparing him to Rodri and Casemiro. Are we going to get that performance from the likes coming in? I think if we're losing both of those, we could potentially have to replace both of them again. So Mm. what I'm expecting is three more faces to come in, um, if I'm honest with you, Tom. I don't on know if that's going to happen. Right, and, The uh, three that uh, have come timber. in. Yeah, on top of right. I said I wanted six. I did say that at the start. Mm. I really, really wanted six faces because I felt like that was needed. But the six yeah. faces coming in, had to be top quality, not like another Reese Nelson or another Fabio Vieira or another Eddie.
0: Oh, oh Sean About, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm
2: saying, though, bro. But, <laughs> but you know, for me, Tim very exciting signing. I think that is a very good piece of business, right? Um, the Havertz one, we've spoken about that. It has to work for me, but I hope Vigorous. it does. I just have my I just have my concerns. Rice yes, is an unbelievably good, good signing, like statement signing. Everybody, okay, Arsenal aren't mucking around type signing. For me, I still think there's a problem up top if Jesus is to get a knock. Um, I'm still worried about Saka, and I think Jesus could do a job over there, and we've got Nelson, Trossard, etc. But then what do we do up top if that's the case? Um, And I do worry about how strong we are in central midfield. If we're going to have to have Declan Rice goes in really hard. Oh, dear. I love your passion, Declan, but you're out for three games of a red card. Jorginho comes straight back in. We need somebody else now. So if Chakra and Party are going, we're gonna to have to look at the midfield area yet again. Um, but I don't I, I do think free free coming in is fairly realistic. A lot of people will say, Crikey, how would you want six players? The last time we bought six players was under Mikel Arteta, only two transfer windows ago in the summer, where we got Erdegaard, Ben White, Tommy Asu, Ramsdale, Tavares and Lakonga, and all six of them came in. I'm looking at that and thinking that could be similar again. That's what I would like to see happen, man.
0: Mm, I I'd, look At the beginning of the window, I said I would have liked to see five or six um, as well, you know, come through the doors. <laughs> I think that that was on the basis that uh, Tierney was going. Um, so obviously, if Tierney stays, I think that probably knocks one of those off um, because, you know, we would have needed, in my view, to maybe bring him one in. Although I chatted with Elliot the other day from the Arsenal Vision pod and he felt that Zinchenko, Tomiyasu and Kivior is a lot of depth for a position, even if mm. Tierney was to go, which is interesting. Mm. Um, potentially true. I just feel like, you know, having Tierney is a different type of option and maybe gives you a different You know my style. thoughts on Tini,
2: man. I love him, bro. So yeah, I know, I know a lot say. of
0: people do. <laughs> uh, I like him a lot. I just think that obviously in Arteta's style, there's still a lot of question marks about Tierney, about how he fits into that and whether he's even going to get the minutes under Arteta as well. I've always looked and have said throughout the window that I'd like a forward. Um... I'd like you know, something different to Gabriel Jesus. Havertz is an interesting profile because even though I think the expectation is he'll partner Martin Odegaard, he has that verticality. He has that ability to play as a centre-forward that is different to Jesus. So there is something to be said about that, but I still feel as though I'd like something specialised at a centre-forward position. Now, the problem with that is, Dan, I think that we agree on this, is that the striker market is pretty big terrible you know in a market yes. in, which, yeah. in a market when you're you've already spent 100 million on rice you know you spent another 100 million on Havertz and Timber you're not going to go and spend another 100 million on one player in this window even if we were to sell 100 million quids worth of players it, we're just not it's just not realistic to expect another 100 million pound signing the reality is that the Ozymens and the Kolo Moanis and the Gonzalo Ramos of this world are going to cost you close to and more than 100 million pounds And they're really the only strikers that I look at and go, that's worth that big investment. Others, you know, are are risks. You know, Erasmus Hoyland is a risk, even though it'd be less expensive. Um, And El Yawahi from Montpellier has been linked. Big, big risk. And that's why I think, like, well, we've got this kid in following Balogun at the club. (laughs) and who's got 20-plus goals last season. Yes, it was Liga. And yes, Alexandre Lacazette got 26 goals in that league last season. But there's just something about Balogun that makes me want to see it happen and and tried. But I don't think this is on Arteta and the club and Edu. I think this is more him. And it seems that it's in his head that he's going to have to leave. Do you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. And um, listen, Tom, there's nothing I'd love more than Balogun to come in and score 30 goals for Arsenal. Um I just don't see it, if I'm honest with you. Um he did really well in France and deserves his flowers, right? Um, mm. like you said, Lacazette outscored him and we got rid of him because he wasn't good enough. So I look at Valubgun and I think he was on load at Middlesbrough. And a lot of people from my show that are obviously were in the championship that got promoted said, oh, yeah, he's not that good, mate. He's all right, but he, ain't, he don't look that good. good. Now, I understand it was only a handful of games at Borough and a whole season of development can completely out you change a player completely. Um, but if I had the option right now, Tom, of saying, right, you can keep Eddie and Balogun to cover for Jesus or we can sell them both and go and get Vlahovic or one of the other guys that people mm-hmm. are mentioning. I would go with that option. I would, because I just feel that there's the potential there um, for us to have two players in Eddie and Balogun that neither are proven at a, at a top, top level. Because I don't really see, uh, lay me, I'm being harsh, I don't really see League 1 as being an absolute top elite level, if I'm honest with you. If Pepe can score 25 goals out there and Lacazette can score 25 goals out there, both of those have been sold from our club for not being good enough. So it'd be really hypocritical of us to say that Balogun is going to be this new guy that's just absolute machine. So I don't know, man. I'd love to see. I'd love to see. But I'm not I'm not sure. I'm not sure, I suppose, is the word. Um, I would like us to get another forward, man.
0: Yeah, so that's, that is the other position I look at. Also, potentially, a, a, a right-back that offers something slightly different. I know Timber's coming in. I know we've got White and Tommy Assy. But sometimes there's games where I just feel like, when White comes off and Tommy comes on, or even if White comes off and Timber comes on, you know, I feel as though that we're still lacking that offensive option that's going to, you know, sprint up. Like an bird. overlapping, so like a Terry. Yeah, an overlapping type. player yeah, that's okay, going to... Okay. And in those games, I just feel like sometimes maybe we lack that profile uh, of right-back. Well, I think we have it in Tierney on the left, and, you know, Zinchenko, obviously, obviously got a lot going forward on the left-hand side. And yes, Timber is is a fantastically able, technical Defender that will progress the ball into the midfield areas, but he's not. He's if he plays right back, he's not the type that I look at and go, well, he's going to overlap Saka, you, yeah, you know, get him behind." Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not that type. So I feel as though that's an opening. And then obviously the other area is is midfield. Now, Romeo Lavia is linked with the club mm-hmm. at the moment quite heavily. Um, I know there's some suggestions about Amadou Nana from Everton as well as maybe a potentially another option um i think there's another one as well abroad uh, that we've been linked to too many uh has been talked about i yeah. don't think the links to him are that concrete at the moment um i'm not saying they're not real i'm just saying that from what i've seen and you know i've not been working the last week because i've been on holiday to chase anything up but from what i'm looking at it's not, it's not looking you know like there's there's much substance there at the moment i don't know why they would leave. And yes, I mean, in the chat says Fafana, uh, Yusuf uh, Fafana Mm. at Monaco was also mentioned, but he was kind of mentioned if Arsenal didn't get Rice. So I'm not sure he's still in the frame for that case. But you said that if Partey and Xhaka leave, you feel like we need to replace both of them again. Mm. If we bring in um, Rice and Havertz, who is being touted as basically taking the spot of Xhaka, um, is Lavier on top of that enough?
2: Uh potentially. I, I don't know where Havertz is playing. If he's playing in this in, in a Chaka position, then it could be. Um mm. I look at the Jorginho and El anything thing, Tom, and I just think I, I don't really want to be having to use those. And perhaps people might think that's harsh because they're two very honest players. I don't think Jorginho and El Nenny have ever said that they're a Cesc Fabregas or a Patrick Vieira. Um mm. I think they've been quite honest about what they can do um and what they offer to the club. And I think to be fair to them, Elneny for £7 million has more than paid that back. And Jorginho, for the money that he was, has had some good moments in an Arsenal shirt already. So I don't think either of the players are absolutely horrendous. And if we put them in, then it's all going to go wrong. I just think the drop-off from Thomas Partey and Granite Xhaka in that progressive role, or a mm. drop-off from Declan Rice, is, is quite significant. Um, Lavia, I like, but again... Is he a Thomas Party? He's a 19 years old. I like a lot about him, actually. I think he's a talented boy. I think he's going to be a very good player, and I would think it would be a good signing. Um, I would just have my concerns there. And I suppose more of my concern, Tom, is what Havertz is going to do. <laughs> um, because if Havertz is an upgrade on Granite Chaka, then we don't need to have this conversation because we've got yeah. our Rice and Party Chaka. Sorry, our Rice and Um Havertz are the are the upgrades to Chakra and Party, then we don't have to have this discussion. And you know, El mm-hmm. and Jorginho come in. I think Laviar would be a really, really good signing. And I would like to see it happen. Um Chalmini, I don't see Real Madrid selling him. I think Modric and Cruz are still there, but they're there or they're just about with their age. And obviously you've got Bellingham and, and Camavinga that can play there now, but I'm not so sure I see any of them in the mould of Chalmini at his age. Um, There's rumours hmm. of uh, Frankie de Jong as well, I heard today. Uh, I'd be amazed if <laughs> Barcelona want to get rid of him. Um, uh, I don't think they've got anybody he's there.
0: Desperate to not come to the Premier League. For, you know, well, well, I've never seen someone that. twerk so much to stay away from England, yeah, basically. Yeah. Because yeah. when he was so. into to United, he was just constantly saying, I don't want to go. <laughs> so, yeah, and Barcelona yeah.
2: don't really have any cover for him whatsoever, do they? Other than Frank Kessie, from what I can see. So I mm. I just don't see those ones being realistic here, if I'm honest. If you've ever had to say now who I think will go for, um it would be Lavia for sure.
0: Indeed. Um Nyamari, let's go to the super chats before we go into some of the questions. The West Ham guy, uh, says, So is it lawless? Is that what we're talking about? I tell you what, oh, yeah, lawless. I Absolutely. had a lovely introduction to lawless the other day, didn't I? Dan, you did, man, you did. yeah, man, <laughs> well, like he's I still on my used Twitter, you know, when it was still a usable platform, unlike it is now for the next foreseeable future. With this, what do you think about this limit that we're going to get coming 600? Have you seen it? Have you heard about this? No,
2: go, go for it. What's happening between. So,
0: Elon Musk has tweeted. So this is not new news to a lot of you, I'm sure, in the chat box. But he said that if if you don't have Twitter Blue, um, you'll get to see 600 tweets a day. Uh, that's that's all you get, and then you will be, you know, you won't be able to see any more. If you've got Twitter Blue, you'll see 6,000, which, by the way, is not a lot. Like even 6,000 is not a lot of tweets. Trust me. And if you're a new unverified account, you only get, I think, like three or 400. And then it's basically they've the, said something on the lines of like the the data overload from the amount of tweets there is. It's, Wait, yeah. if I'm
2: honest with you, I'm all right with that if I if I can prevent <laughs> myself like <laughs> if I can prevent myself from seeing some of the toxicity on Twitter, I'm calm. Um Yeah, it obviously depends who you follow, of course, but I I don't know I. I don't really use social media too much. I'm not really one of those guys who's on it all the time. And the brutal truth of it and honest truth of it, Tom, is that I'm not very tech savvy. <laughs> mm. um, I don't know how to do a TikTok. I have it, but I don't wouldn't know how to, how to put myself on it or, or do a stream on it. I don't even know how to do Instagram really. I know how to press live on StreamYard and do a YouTube channel. That is about as far as it goes with me, mate. I'm very, very basic. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I'm not really a a huge lover of all of the social media platforms, which I should be, which is why I've only got a few thousand followers where everyone else has God knows how many thousand followers because they're on it every day, I suppose. But I just don't really do that kind of thing, man. It's not really for me. But um, 600 tweets sounds like a lot to me. If it's not a lot, then... I mean, how many how many tweets would people read a day? Six hundred is enough for me. <laughs> if it's I'm not, honest, with
0: uh, you. I, I, so. honestly, I know for for most, it's it's not going to be um, mm. from the sounds. It's like when you like scroll through Twitter. Apparently, like they count as being seen. So yeah, yeah, it's going to be chaos. It's going to be interesting. Basically, if you need to stay up to date on Arsenal news, you can follow the 12th Man Podcast, of course, and Lee Judges TV. But every morning, eight AM. You'll be able to get a roundup of all the latest Arsenal news, whether or not you've exceeded your Twitter allowance for the day. Uh, Arnie Arneson's uh, super chat. If we lose the league with one point to City, uh, I want to see an FA Cup and go out in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. I think that would be. Um, Fair enough, Arnie. Uh, Jashar says, Dan, you're just toxic. Dan out. I mean, (laughs) Jashar out. (laughs) Love Joshar, man.
2: Big up,
0: (laughs) Joshar. Lovely stuff. And Van City Gooners says, can anyone explain... Partey's huge drop-in form at the end of the season. Did that worry you seeing the, the drop-in form that you just playing I mean, Jorginho basically yeah. put him out of the team. Yeah,
2: it was worrying. It was worrying for me because at one game a week, you'd expect more from players of experience. And I think actually it was the experience head that let us down. You know, Zinchenko being one of them, he looked really poor towards the end of the season. Then he got his injury. Party another one, dropped off completely. Um, so it does worry me when I see that. But um, I do... If I had my preference, Tom, I would keep Thomas Party alongside Declan Rice and and Havertz and the other guys that we've got. But um, it looks like he's probably going to be one of the casualties, mate.
0: Mm, yeah potentially we'll wait and see uh what happens with that uh going into the chat box then for the last uh 15 minutes of the show to take some more questions uh marcus says how many players will we sign when time goes on holiday next i can tell you it's going to be <laughs> at least three easily three uh ml reaction says given our spending is there any excuse not to win one trophy or at least reach two finals while being competitive in the league what do you think
2: That's the demand, mate. That's The the aim is always to win. And the expectation for me is to win a trophy this season. Um, I think that we will have a good season. I really do. I don't think there's any more excuses if we get this transfer window right for why we don't have a great season and we have silverware at the end of it. So that's what my expectation is, bro.
1: Mm. Uh,
0: Justice says, who would you play at right back, I suppose, for the first game of the season, Timber or Ben White?
2: Ben White, I don't think he's done anything wrong to lose his place at all. and I think it's Timber's job as a newbie to get himself involved in that first team as quickly as possible. I actually think you'll probably find both of them play because there's rumours that Saliba won't start the season. So I don't know how Mm. true that is, Tom, but I imagine in pre-season for sure, uh, Timber and White will probably be the pair, if I'm honest, that starts.
0: Yeah, I can't say I've heard anything about Saliba missing the start of the season. Arteta seemed fairly confident that he would be back for pre-season. Okay, so, cool. we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um Arteta has said one thing and another has happened plenty of times. So, you know, you can't yeah. take the guy's words uh, as as gospel unfortunately. Um let's go to uh Hass, what's your thoughts on certain content creators that attack others for having different views or opinions? These individuals almost get kicked out of slagging off other members of the same fan base.
2: Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know if that's aimed at one of us or, or anybody in general. But
0: I think in I, general, like, yeah, I, guess.
2: I, I never understand slagging off other people. Personally, there's a lot of people that have slated me in the past that have never met me. <laughs> so um, I don't really know how they man. can slate someone they've never met. It's bizarre, but um lot people do it. Um, there's a lot of toxicity, man. There's a lot of trolls out there. Um, it's another reason I'm not a huge fan of social media at times. To be fair, I try to give my opinions and then keep away from all of it. Um, and there are people out there that believe that if they comment on your video and give you a bit of a attack, that perhaps you might go, do you know what, you're right, I'm going to pack this in. <laughs> and it does the opposite. It just drives you forward, doesn't it? And it just makes you think, do you know what, I actually don't care and crack on because I get a lot of love and a lot of hate. And that's part of it. You put, your, you, you put yourself on the pedestal, you give your opinion, people are going to go actually he's talking a lot of sense other people are going to go what a moron get this guy off man i'm blocking him and then that's another thing tom they don't block you they follow you around everywhere like some obsessive weirdos and you think i thought you didn't like me what you coming and watching my stuff for man Mm.
0: i've you know i've blocked people i've had and then seen the same name re that they've gone to the effort of making a whole new google account just to come back like oh, the bizarre, fact that people would invest you get one life one life that's yeah, it once it's man. gone it's gone and you've invested some of the time in going to make another google account in the one life you got to to, to come onto this channel which is I you i not
2: get it man i love get it makes no sense to me bro it's not something I would do really if I don't like something I tend not to watch it like I'm not a huge fan of Coronation Street I just don't watch it I don't go on their ITV Twitter and start telling them all that they're absolute imbeciles and need to get sacked do you know what I mean it's just Mm. bizarre don't watch it
0: so i i you know i listen you listen to i'm sure plenty of podcasts as well watch plenty of shows and you know you always hear the word trolls like come up Mm. you know the word can you imagine being one of those so when you listen to a podcast and go i just like you know screw the haters or screw the trolls and remember ever listening to one and being like oh i'm one of them trolls they're talking about (laughs) imagine having that self-realization that you're (laughs) one of them trolls (laughs) how funny would that be um Let's go to scrolling into the chat box a little bit more. uh, Byrne says, should we be going all in for Xavi Simmons as a future prospect? And also, what about João Cancelo to strengthen our squad for the title?
2: Well, it's I don't think Joe Cancelo, Cancelo... Yeah, it has gone quiet on Cancelo. Um, I don't think Pep's going to give us another one of his signings, if I'm honest with mm-hmm. you now. Um, I'll be very, very surprised. <laughs> yeah, I'd love him, but I do believe that we're done in defence now. I'd be very surprised. I know you mentioned the right-back. I'd actually be quite surprised if we signed another fullback. to be fair, unless obviously TD was to go. Um so that's that one. I like Chavy Simmons. I actually really do. Mm-hmm. I think he's a very good player. But I look at our attacking options in that midfield now and I look at Havertz and I look at Odegaard. I look at Smith-Rowe. It looks like Fabio Vieira is probably going to stay and get given another chance. I'd be very surprised if we do go for another one of those in Chavy Simmons, unless you're going to tell me, Tom, that he can play in an eight or a bit more of a defensive role. But from what I've seen, he's a little bit more creative and technical going yeah. forward, isn't
0: he? Yeah, he is. I mean, he can play as an eight. He can play as a centre midfielder, um, but... If we brought him in, I mean people say who have we got to really back up Bakai Saka? And I'd say, Well, if you buy Xavi Simmons, I think he can be a player that can bring competition to the right wing. But he can play as a centre forward and has done as a kind of a false nine type role. He can play as a ten, can play as a left oh, side that's of player. Okay. Very versatile. Uh, I think if Arsenal can get him, get him. He's one of those okay. talents, I think. It's a, uh,
2: and they're saying like 35 million or something. Is
0: that right? Yeah, which I think it'd be yeah, a potential Still, The only issue is yeah. I don't know how he plays regularly enough at the moment. Like, you know, he's going to have to come off the bench a lot. he fight for his place, wait for an injury. And the age that he's at, you know, he's just played every single game for PSV basically last season. To go from that to not playing that much at that age. And I say this about Lavier as well, you know. I, I'm not sure if that's the right thing for those types of players um and that's why the Lavia thing has a question for me because if you sign rice and you're planning on playing habits with Odegaard, you know when mm. are you gonna when are you gonna give Lavia a 19 year old <laughs> that's desperate to need like play regularly yeah. the minutes that's that's yeah. the question mark and speaking you know of minutes wow says any concerns about limited game time for younger players preventing them from fulfilling their potential i feel like this is a problem can occur with how many players that we have like Vieira last season
2: We've got four competitions and I'd like to think that we've got a squad that's going to be good enough to get into the deep stages of them all. That's what the aim should be. So I do think there'll be more game time than there has been in the last few. I think people have misunderstood how or not not appreciated, I suppose, how long it's been since Arsenal had Champions League football. It's been seven years and we Mm. usually have had to play the kids in League Cups and sometimes in majority of the first few rounds of the FA Cup and in the group stages of the Europa League because our squad's not been strong. We can't do that anymore, Tom. We've got to be going into the Champions League group stages, which is going to be tough, by the way. You know, you've seen the group of death that people keep tweeting out saying that we're going to get. Uh, We could do. We could get a group like that. You know, we could get a Real Madrid, uh, a Dortmund, and a Marseille. You know, we can't play kids against teams like that, in my opinion. So for me, you've got to go all out and try and uh, do what you can to get this squad as strong as possible because there's going to be a lot of game time for these these guys for sure.
0: When you said about seven years since we last played, Champions League, it makes you realize how long it's been. It's like, to, from my perspective, it means that I left uni when we last were in the Champions League, qualified to be a teacher. Taught for four years, quit teaching, started a new career, <laughs> and you know now and now you know work at games up and down the country and that. In the time that we've been out of the Champions League, that's how long it's been. Bro. It's mad, scary, it's
2: mad man, scary. About. And the last time I watched us, we lost 10-2 to bloody Bayern Munich. So yeah, I need a, yeah. I need another game just to win a game. And okay, who's against? Just win another game. So that's the not my last memory, man.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Um, A question from Dwayne says, don't you think it's funny that we get banter for spending £105 million for Rice and then the same people say that we need to now win a title because we've got him?
2: Yep, great point. Great, great point. And unfortunately, you cannot win with some neutral fans. Um, There's a lot of the Arsenal fan base that are particularly deluded, as the word people say, or toxic or whatever you want to call it. I'm, I'm cool with that. That's every fan base. Arsenal's no different. But my God, when we do something... Everybody wants to pile in. Arsenal won't spend that money. They won't. They be. They're not a big club. They're not ambitious enough to spend 105 million on Declan Rice. Boom. Oh, they have. What should we say now? Well, okay. Just tell them they got to go and win the title. Then we better go and win the title. Now you spent 105 million. It's 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 hilarious. Tom, we are relevant again, mate. We are relevant mm. again.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think we've ever stopped being relevant in the minds of so many other rival fans. They've <laughs> yes, just haven't true, been yeah. talking about us for the yeah, last seven obsessed, years, man. anyway. Bizarre. Absolutely obsessed. Uh, James says, How do you feel about Liverpool signing my guy? Oh, W-Z? Tom, W-Z? I was going to talk to
2: you about this, man. Like, he, he, mm. he's, he's, like, what stage of depression are you in, brother? Oh. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's fair to say I won't be wearing my Rebel Salzburg shirt with his name on the back anytime soon.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Where can Um, I ask you a question on that? Where does he play by the way? Because I know he's very versatile, but I was Hmm. speaking to Tobes on my channel because I thought he was a lot more attacking wired 10 Tomp mm-hmm. seems to think he's playing more as a, a deeper type player. I don't. I don't know what what your thoughts No, I don't,
0: that. That. No, <laughs> I don't either. Not. I was.
2: Thank you. Okay. Um, I to think, he's I kind of a wide
0: ten, uh, if you like. So you know, his okay. best position is kind of playing like a bit like Smith Rowe played in those wide areas. You know, he's a he's not a winger, but he play he plays in the wide areas and moves into the central areas. So kind of how Smith Rowe operates spatially. Mm. You know. Um, when he plays off the off the flank. So what he'll do is, is that in my view, if you're going to... If he's going to start, he's probably going to have to take the place of one of the wide players or they're going to have to change the system and play him behind the striker. You know, if they're going to use the 4-3-3 and he's meant to play as one of the two, kind of the same way that we play with two forward-thinking centre midfielders, if he's going to play in one of those two, it's going to be tricky to balance that up. So Zobosla is going to need for me to be, you know, he's going to be rotating with, who even starts on the left Louis wing? Diaz, I Gakpo, Louis Diaz, it Diaz. Like, yeah. yeah. They've got Gakpo, Diaz, Zobosla. I, I, I,
2: okay. I stand, I stand by what I said. I'm going to say it again then, because Tobes disagreed. They don't need this guy. That's not one of the players they'll be looking at as a priority. I like the guy. Right? I'm with you. I'd actually yeah. think this is a weird one. They've just bought Alexis McAllister. They've got Gatko, yeah. Salah, Yotta, and Diaz, and Nunez, obviously, as well. They yeah. don't need another one of these guys. They need a holding midfielder and an eight. In my opinion, six and an eight is more important for me. Yeah,
0: yeah, So from my perspective, if what they're going to do is play Zobosla as a 10, and then they're going to, say, play Fabinho with McAllister as kind of two players behind him that structurally makes a bit more sense or they might rotate him with Gakpo or whatever on the left-hand side, but then they've got Diaz coming back as well. Salah's always going to start, you know, unless Gakpo then goes through the middle potentially instead, because he can play center forward. Um, But no, he's, he's not, he, he might start centrally, but he's not a, he's not a deeper player. That's not what he does. He's good press wise. You know, he can absolutely press and for days, and that's always been kind of the Red Bull model is, is really intense pressing, but the re- I agree with you and I tweeted uh, and got a lot of stick for it actually from a lot of Liverpool fans. Um, I said that I felt like the deals for McAllister and zoboslai are kind of like deals Arsenal used to do and the deals for Rice, Havertz and Timber are more like deals that Liverpool used to do when they were challenging for titles.
2: I, I could not agree more. I, I got and the I same. Think... I got the same stick, mate. When I said it, they were like, "Oh, you don't understand. He'd be brilliant. Him and McAllister is going to be fantastic." Okay, I hope it is for Liverpool's sake. Hmm. But for me, if they don't buy a centre back and a holding midfielder that's better than Fabinho, and even another midfielder that's either a six or an eight, I think they will have problems like they did this season, Liverpool. I really do.
0: Yeah, look, I think Zaba like can absolutely succeed at Liverpool. I think Klopp's a fantastic same. coach, and he'll he'll find a way to 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 use him and utilize him. Um, but I think that the problem is, is, that they spent 70 million euros on this guy. And I just think that like for the midfielders that are potentially out there, you could have bought a really good center yeah. mid that is exactly what you need for 70 million euros, you know, and Hey, you might prove me wrong. And I'm sure that a lot of people listening to this going, I can't believe Tom's kind of like talking, um, promiscuously about Zobosla, <laughs> uh, you know, in that way. But, I just, the thing of, I've enjoyed watching him for so long, playing in the wide area, moving centrally, you know, as those types of wide tens do, and I just think I'm gutted that he might not play the best to his abilities and the best role in the Premier League because I always wanted to see him at Arsenal, you know, and Mm. I never, and when Smith Rowe was playing on the left for us, I was like, wow, if we had Zoboslaw there as Mm. a competitor to to Smith Rowe, what a kind of option we could have um but i'm not sure I, again he might prove me wrong we'll wait and see uh which you know yeah, but i just i feel as though he would have been better off going um maybe even like that sounds mad saying chelsea but the way and the way chelsea have used mount and gallagher you know in those attacking wide uh, attacking kind of wide 10 roles he might have been perfect there um but yeah and maybe like how man united sometimes use bruno fernandez could have worked in that sense as well and kind of a wide 10 too so interesting um but uh, i'm sure that he'll go and, and absolutely smash it and i'll have to cry tears uh, <laughs> uh, all the way into the night um abby says do you think jack will stay is it a solid no from that point of view i think
2: i think i think we know that that's probably gonna be <sighs> i kind of feel on this one a lot of people want him to stay i do feel we can still upgrade on him um... But I, I, I don't sit there and, and hate the fact that he stays or goes, really, Tom, if I'm honest mm. with this one. I do think he's going to go, though. Yeah, I do think he's going to go.
0: Yeah, me too. I do think he's... <laughs> Tom hates this player. <laughs> Tom hates <laughs> <not my laughs> player. But again, he's a great player. I just... Uh, it's it's a real conflict for me now. Like, because yeah, I really enjoy watching play. No, I've interviewed the guy. I'm going to see him in the mix zone now, which is kind of the only plus side for me. So yeah. I'll be able to catch him in the mix zone after the games. But... Uh, yeah it's it's not nice seeing him in, in in a liverpool shirt but who knows arsenal go and sign premier league players now you never know you might see him rock up at the emirates in a couple of years uh you know <laughs> if things don't go well we see him as kind of a a rejuvenation project of of sorts um owen says does dan love jaka kse and arteta now <laughs> well,
2: big up Owen, man big up Owen. long time no see bro i hope you're well and um yeah, love is a very, very strong word. I love you, <laughs> Owen. Um, I love you, Owen, but I'm not so sure I love these guys. Listen, um, I will love anything to do with every everything to do with Arsenal Football Club. If they bring me a, a Champions League or a Premier League this coming year, how about that? We'll leave it
0: there. <laughs> so, you know, love's obviously a, a very strong word, a very broad word to use in the context of football. Um It's it's interesting when you said like you I certainly do love these. I know it's kind of a passing, flippant comment, and that. But like from my perspective on Arteta, I can get the I get KSE, I get Xhaka because the stuff. But for me, like from Arteta's point of view, I just feel like he's just taken us from strength to strength to strength. Yes, we need to win something. I get that. But yeah, I just, there's yeah. so much to like about the guy now. You know what I mean? Yeah, and 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 it's
2: it's crazy because um, as somebody who's questioned him, if you ask me about the guy. And how his mannerisms are and how he is in press conferences and how he speaks. I don't think I've ever really thought that I don't really like the guy in that respect. Mm. It's always been the stuff on the pitch for me. When we get to April, it all seems to go wrong. And there's always been the excuse of, yeah, but that's the squad. So we'll see, won't we, this season, if it is the squad or if he is just that guy who's just that nearly guy. And I really hope he's not, man. I really want him to be the guy that takes us and wins us everything. You know, because that means that I'm 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 successful in my club and I want to be seeing Arsenal winning trophies, man. So um there's a lot he's done this season that made me go, Yeah, do you know what? Actually he's doing a hell of a lot well here. And I've always praised the stuff off the pitch, Tom. I think with the recruitment of clearing out the stuff that I want Arsenal to win, I want a new vision, I want to connect with the fan base. You can't not praise him for what he's done there. It's all Mikel Arteta, right? But actually, when you look at what we've won and how we have been trophyless and how we have have bottled stuff, if people want to use that term for top fours and for trophies and for European trophies, etc, then he need. that's what you've got to stop now, that's his next thing go and win something with his team, you've won an FA Cup with Emery's side, go and win one with your damn side now, because you spent loads of money on it and it's good enough, so it deserves to win something man,
0: that's mm-hmm. where I stand. <laughs> the, the Emery one's always a good one, like I, I know that you don't mean it in this sense, but whenever I'm having yeah, like, yeah, a yeah. debate with somebody on social media with like people, they're like, you know you can't even count the FA Cup he won because it was a memory squad. And I'm like, are you nah, mad? Nah. He took a, a fractured trophy, squad that was like at the rock bottom and won an FA Cup with them. Like that's yeah. not something to take away from it. It's something to build him up with. Like, and,
2: and the way he won those games was actually using tactics as well, by the yeah. way, because the way that we remember, we used to play free at the back back then and we used mm, to go long mate, to Aubameyang. But... Mate, the yeah. Niles, Tierney smashing it up and then Louis smashing it up to a Aubameyang over the top. I mean, wow, those mm. were the days, man. Uh, but it worked
0: oh, in those our games, man. How things have changed. We'll finish with Matt G's comment. Says, Tom talks about Zobosla like he's an ex. I'm fine. <laughs> it's cool. I'm totally fine. Over it. I'm fine. I'm chilling even. I'm fine. Love that, Matt. <laughs> I'm fine. Um, thank you, everybody that's listened to the chat box today. We very much appreciate it. Uh, please do leave a like on the video. But most importantly, please do go and find out where Dan's stuff is, where he's going to tell you it is right now.
2: Cheers, man. Yeah, I've got a literally I've got a stream in about 20 minutes on my channel over at Football's 12th Man. Uh, so please make sure you do that. We're going to be talking a lot about Cesc Fabregas, we're going to be talking a lot about these random Kylian Mbappe uh rumors, which uh I believe are a lot <laughs> of rubbish. But you know, let's talk about it and see what other people think. Um, so if you do want to come yeah. follow us, man, then make sure you do over at Football's 12th Man podcast. Thanks, Tom. Thanks so much for having me on, man
0: absolutely my pleasure um please do make sure you subscribe to uh, the 12th man pod you'll find a link to it after the show's finished uh so you can make sure you can go and check it out um yeah i'm i'm agnostic to the mbappe stuff i'm like i'm not going to rule it out because i live in a world of manifesting things so yeah, yeah i'm man. going to manifest mbappe to arsenal you know it's uh absolutely going to happen like you know you heard know, it I love first. it uh, imagine imagine <laughs> i'll tell
2: you what that would make me where's owen that would make me love Michelotta. that's one thing that would
0: make yeah me love absolutely absolutely <laughs> uh owen I mean, says plug your charity madman yes um if you haven't already donated please do go to our link is down in the description um i, I am I, I haven't been to chase up this weekend because McMillan and the phone phone lines open over the weekend and i've obviously been away as well so on monday i'm hoping to find out if we can in fact open up the 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 uh, donations to people abroad uh, who have struggled to donate so far. So, if you are in the UK at the moment, you can donate. If you're abroad, unfortunately, I don't think you can right now, but I'm going to try to file a way around that um but yeah link is down in the description we're nearly at our target of a thousand pounds in a week which is amazing so please do uh continue to to help with that it would be very much appreciated um but no thank you again to dan for coming on the show i'm sure you'll see him back on the channel soon um it's always a pleasure i'm sure you'll see plenty of our mutual friends likes of harry sophie kev lee etc as well also around so make sure that you're across all of the channels because you can be sure that both me and dan will be hopping over there at some point as well but uh enjoy the rest of your saturday i'll be back with you of course tomorrow morning at 8 a.m because that's the only place uh now with twitter what it is where you can get regular updates because <laughs> twitter's not going to be that friend for you anymore and i will finish the show actually with uh my favorite uh itk which links into what you said about uh mbappe dan i saw a fantastic tweet today from uh jamie kent at big bear kent's i saw this says Arsenal are working quietly behind the scenes for a forward player that could change the entire landscape of the club and squad. Should something as big as this come in, it's a true show of just what Arteta is doing at the club. Not advanced in any way, so we'll see. This is the perfect ITK tweet. Like, it's the promise big... And make sure that you've covered yourself just yeah. in case nothing happens. <laughs> so, it's, like, I th- it's like saying, I think Arsenal
2: are going to definitely sign another player. We're not in advanced talks of any of those players right now, but we're definitely going to get one over across the line. <laughs> it's brilliant. Honestly, it's, it's like, brilliant. I love, I love it. it, man. Uh,
0: thank you guys for listening. Have a great day, great evening, uh, great weekend. And as always, up the Arsenal.